Hello, and welcome back <clears throat> to the Anime Intellectuals podcast. Today, um, we'll be a little bit different, trying something new. Um, it's going to be a spotlight um, where I focus on one specific anime and um, go over what I think is makes it good and important to watch and impactful, I guess. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how often these will come out, just whenever I get a good idea for one of them. Um, but yeah, I've been sitting on this one for a little bit, and I, I, I just thought I'd get it out before, you know, winter is over, because this spotlight is on a place further than the universe. So let's get started. Every now and then, an anime comes around that makes me redefine what I criticize and review anime on. Well, I don't give things number ratings on the show in order to give every show a fair chance and focus on what's good about it and what might interest people enough into watching it. There are times when it becomes difficult and I have to really scrape the bottom of the barrel to get something worthwhile out of a show. Uh, with the relatively recent rampant rise in nameless, faceless, and soulless isekai dominating the anime meta, if you will, it's becoming more and more difficult to find anime with something to be gained or learned in them, with these types of shows being phased out by these husks of nothingness made by what feels like an unstoppable money-making algorithm. Every combination of tropes, situations, and characters have been mercilessly squeezed out of this specific genre. Even the anime parodying these tropes have become so abundant and saturated that they've lost all subversiveness and meaning. Before I continue on my obvious rant, about the isekai genre and risk offending those who find it to be enjoyable and an everlasting river of interesting and engaging entertainment. Let me preface that this is not the only genre with this problem, obviously. Before isekai, it was school life shows and moe blobs. Before that, I guess it was mecha and magical girls. There is unfortunately no genre free from whatever this phenomenon is that sucks the life out of the medium. Ironically, the amount of saturation the anime meta experiences is directly proportional to the amount of dried out husks painted to look like anime. Obviously, this is almost purely a mathematical and statistical assurance when any one thing gets as big as something like the isekai genre it happens to be right now. When you have a small sample size of shows in one particular category, there are bound to be a few that don't quite get what makes the genre good or interesting, and some that miss the mark entirely and actively sour it. Taking this fact and amplifying it exponentially will inevitably lead to an increase in the ones that don't quite get it or miss completely. And I guess at some point these shows end up becoming the majority and are more frequent than the ones that are meaningful and or showing the level of impactful stories the said genre is capable of achieving. Now back to my rant on isekai. There's a picture I saw recently that put together the overhead views of various isekai starting towns, usually where most of the adventures will start out from. In this collage of towns, there are about seven different shows represented. Every town looked literally the exact same. Same shape, same colors, same wall, and even the same river running through it in most of them. Without the names of the shows underneath each town, only the most seasoned isekai watchers would be able to tell which one was actually which. I think these indistinguishable towns directly reflect the general sameness of the anime themselves, while at the same time giving me a small sense of existential horror. 
Maybe all humans are actually connected psychologically, being controlled by some metaphysical being akin to Billy Bat. The central character, well, is more like the central idea behind Naoki Urasawa's manga by the same name. In the admittedly small amount that I've read of that one, the premise revolves around the idea that a drawing of a fictional bat has become sentient, which leads to a number of strange occurrences surrounding the character. I also recommend a video from the YouTuber Super Eyepatch Wolf about Garfield that has the same sort of idea behind it. Anyway, unfortunately, the truth, at least in my opinion, is far less interesting. The reason most of these isekai anime look, sound, and feel the same is a result of a combination of laziness and money. Note that thus far, I've tried to steer away from just saying isekai sucks or all these reincarnated into another world shows are the same. The reason behind this is clear. I have really enjoyed some shows that would fall under the scope of this genre. Some examples of these would be Konosuba, ReZero, and The Devil's a Part-Timer, to name a few. Those are not even the only ones, if I'm being honest. There was a time when even I watched Sword Art Online and thought Kirito was a character I would want to be. And I don't speak against what some would call guilty pleasures, or something you know isn't the greatest technically, but something about it just satisfies your desire for that specific type of story. Unfortunately, the result of this is that the creators of shows with meaning and impact that actually do something are phased out by those who can accomplish the same amount of revenue with the barest of plots, characters, and worlds. It has now gotten to the point where when I look at the list of shows coming out each season, I unconsciously skip over any that remotely resemble an isekai because I can almost guarantee myself that it won't offer anything new or worth my limited time. Now back to the beginning of this whole thing. Looking at the title... (laughs) You're probably very confused because I have not yet said a word about a place further than the universe. Don't worry, we're getting there. Okay, we're there. A place further than the universe is a story of four girls who want to go to Antarctica, all for different reasons. In most anime where the focus is one specific thing like camping, fishing, rock climbing, or any sport, the aforementioned focus is very important to the core of the show and sometimes takes over completely. In a place further than the universe, however, Antarctica is by far the least important thing. The most important thing, on the other hand, and also the reason this anime stands so high above others like it, is its characters. In its 13-episode runtime, A Place Further Than the Universe introduces and concludes more characters in more satisfying, heartbreaking, uplifting, and interesting ways than most shows do with a 24-episode or multiple-season runtime. The first of the four girls we were introduced to at the beginning of the show is Mari Tamaki, or Kimari, as those close to her call her. Kimari is a high school student who is pretty average at everything, very clumsy and lazy, and only has one real friend in her best friend Megumi Takahashi, who is the exact opposite of Kimari in that she is a model student with a very mature demeanor. One day, Kimari wakes up late for school and starts frantically searching for her school bag. While searching her cluttered, messy room, she unearths a hidden treasure. It is an assignment from her middle school years that she never turned in. On this assignment, there are questions about the future. For example, what job do you want to have in the future? Or what school do you want to go to? And lastly, what is something you want to accomplish? Kimari's answer to that final question was, I want to make the most of my youth and go on an amazing adventure. Upon seeing this again, Kimari, who, as the viewer will begin to understand, gets emotional very easily, starts to cry. Afterwards, 
She starts to really think about how she can get the most out of the youth she has left, and maybe even try and go on some amazing journey, whether that be a literal or metaphorical one. Luckily for her and her youthful delusions, she gets the opportunity to have both. Shirase Kabuchizawa is a high school student at the same school as Kamari. However, Kamari had probably never heard her actual name. The reason for this is that she's referred to only as Antarctica by her classmates in mockery of her constant obsession with going to Antarctica, something no high school kid could possibly do. Shirase has no friends at school and spends all her spare time working different part-time jobs in order to make maybe raise enough money to persuade an Antarctic expedition to let her on board. While on her way back home one day, she drops an envelope containing all of her earnings from the various jobs she had done so far, amounting to 1 million yen, which translates to roughly $8,600. Luckily, Kimari just happens to find it and decides to look for the owner, who she finds out is one of her classmates. The next day, while searching in between classes for the owner of the envelope, she hears someone in the bathroom punching the wall and saying over and over again, one million yen before breaking down in tears. When Kamari gives her the money, she thanks her profusely, and the two begin to hang out after school. When Shirase tells Kamari about her dream of going to Antarctica, Kamari sees it as her chance to go on her youthful journey and vows to go with her whatever it takes. The full reasons behind Shirase's immense motivation to go to Antarctica is drip-fed to the viewer throughout the show's runtime, so I won't go over every little detail. One important thing that I have to mention for her character, however, is that one of these details is that her own mother was an Antarctic researcher who was actually lost on an expedition and never found. Most anime would take this fact and use it in a way that makes it seem like Shirase might find her mother alive in Antarctica, living in an igloo with some penguins or something. I don't know. However, despite the show's more immediate atmosphere of softness and warmth, it's not afraid to venture into the depths of darkness and cold, harsh realities, not unlike the terrain of Antarctica itself. And similar to Antarctica being both harsh and beautiful at the same time, Shirase's mother's passing is accompanied by a very important book entitled, you guessed it, A Place Further Than the Universe. While the book itself is a reminder to Shirase of cold mysteries her mother loved enough to risk her life to see, it also serves to solidify Kamari's determination to go no matter what. Hinate Miyake is a part-time worker at a convenience store who happens to overhear the girls talking about Antarctica. Not much is known about her past when she's first introduced, but her character has tremendous growth over the course of the show. When we first meet Hinate, she becomes the hyper-enthusiastic, bright, and bubbly member of the group almost immediately. In most anime, Hinate would be the annoying airhead character, always doing stupid stuff and being obnoxiously loud for no reason. On the contrary, a place further than the universe subverts expectations once again by making Hinate also be the level-headed, more mature big sister type character. Instead of being a simple gag character that tears away at the sanity of the group, instead, she's more like the glue that keeps the group thinking rationally and is usually the one to end quarrels between the girls. Most characters who are portrayed as the big sister, more mature type in anime will have no flaws whatsoever. Somehow, they always have a level head and can't do anything wrong or misguided. Hinata, however, is much more human than that stereotype and makes quite a few mistakes as a result of trying her hardest to keep up her mature image. At one point on the girl's journey to Antarctica, she loses her passport 
but doesn't tell anyone in fear of being looked at by the others as a liability. She digs her heels in this idea so deep, in fact, that once the others realize she doesn't have her passport, she tells them they should leave without her and continue on their journey. If not for Shirase showing her sheer unbreakable determination to find a way to fix the problem, even to the point of offering her entire envelope of 1 million yen in order to get a later flight so they can get her a new passport, Hinata probably would have ended up going right back to her convenience store job and never experiencing her life-changing journey. Friendship, as I'm sure you've already realized, is a major theme of A Place Further Than the Universe, and it is the pillar that holds literally everything that happens up in the show. The topic of friends actually brings us to our final high school girl Antarctic Journey member, Yuzuki Shiraishi, a famous singer-slash-actor from a young age. Yuzuki is probably the least relatable out of the four, at least for most people. Her life consists mostly of going from place to place in Japan and from appointment to appointment, rarely having the chance to live out a normal high school experience or make any real friends that stay. The most she can do is have a group of people use her for her fame for a little, before leaving her when she wants to actually be friends. As a result, Yuzuki's idea of friendship is so untested and literal that she thinks you can't become friends with someone if you don't sign a contract or say, I want to be your friend to someone word for word. Those who have had the pleasure of experiencing real friendship will know that it is nearly undefinable in concept. As soon as the definition of friendship is materialized, it loses all meaning and vanishes soon after. Because of this fact, Yuzuki struggles to understand the people around her and wonders if they actually care about her, or are just using her for a little and then moving on afterwards. While not many of you listening will be able to directly relate to Yuzuki's life situation, I think we can all relate to the desire to have friends that truly care for you and would have your back no matter what. I personally still have a problem making lasting friendships because I don't know when they begin, how they're supposed to continue to operate, and sometimes I don't know if they've ended or not either. As Yuzuki grows as a person throughout the journey, she relays brilliantly to the viewer a valuable lesson about what true friendship really is. Not unlike me and most likely some of you listening right now, in the beginning she feels like she has to put up an image of herself an idealized personification of herself that doesn't actually reflect her true nature. In the later episodes, she finally realizes that if someone doesn't accept who you genuinely are, they're not a true friend. In reality, it takes some people years and years to realize this. Others may never even truly understand it, unfortunately. Every character in the show is similar in that they all have to confront their past in some way by the end of the journey much like you and I must do at many points in our respective lives. Kimari has to come to terms with her laziness and force herself to grow as a person by embracing change and not letting her surroundings shape her dreams. Shirase has to face the brutal truth of her mother's death and realize that she needs to focus on her own dreams and aspirations rather than clinging on clinging onto those of her mother's. Hinata has to realize that she shouldn't give up when people around her tell her to. Instead, she has to learn to rise above what others think of her and be able to rely on the people she loves instead of carrying all the weight on her own shoulders all the time. Finally, Yuzuki must give up on trying to define what friendship is and just go with the flow, never sacrificing her true self for the sake of false affections and make a real effort to create lasting relationships with new people. Over the course of the show, each character is tested. Their resolve, determination, and overall view on life are all tested in different ways that 
I guess you'll just have to watch every episode to figure out. Similarly, you and I will be tested time after time throughout our individual lives to stray from what we believe or give up on our own personal journeys. Most likely, the end goal for you is not Antarctica. Life is both a harsh and awesome thing, much like the freezing blizzards and jaw-droppingly beautiful auroras of Antarctica. When the initial journey comes to a bittersweet end and the final moments of the show begin to fade out, Kimari says something very important. She reminds us that her life-changing journey has only just reached the starting line. In conclusion, it is never too late to find your Antarctica. As long as you have the will to do whatever it takes, are able to rely on those who you're close to and can rise above what others say you can do or be, I believe you can find your place, one further than the universe, you might say. And when you get there, I hope, like Shirase, you can say, in your faces.